0: Red Kite Prayer is hosting its first ever event October 12th through 14th, 2018, the Red Kite Rendezvous. The two and a half day event will feature bikes from some of the industry's top frame builders, two gravel rides, some of the world's finest craft beers which are brewed locally, plus enough food to make the pedaling fun. For more information or to register, go to redkiteprayer.com store. From Red Kite Prayer, this is The Paceline, Line, the podcast on two wheels. I'm Patrick Brady, and with me is my co-host, Celine Yeager, a.k.a. The Fit Chick from Bicycling Magazine. Each week, we take a different look at how facets of cycling fit in our lives. How are you doing, Celine? I am doing quite well. How are you? I'm good. Got out for a ride with some friends this morning. You know, got that knocked out while it was nice and cool, unlike the three-digit temperatures at the Dirt Crits yesterday, so... We yeah, had we had
1: dirt prints some... too here last night.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's, Tell me about it's, it. Um,
1: we have been experiencing a rare East Coast atmospheric river. Are, are you? Oh. Yeah. Are you familiar with the atmospheric river phenomenon?
0: Yeah, they didn't have that when I was a kid, but somebody came up with that a few <laughs> years ago, and I I'm now in touch.
1: It, it it tends to be a West Coast phenomenon. I understand, but it's been the craziest weather system here. So it's. And it has been just like a river, so it's it'll be like sunny and bright one minute, and then it rolls in and it's torrential apocalyptic pouring, and then it's kind of just overcast and fine, and it's just been it's been doing that for days as this like wow. crazy system has been rolling over us, which is just sort of a prelude to i've been actually I beat the rain one day, which was awesome. the <laughs> Monday I got a little wet yesterday that we have these super fun it's um it's kind of it includes like abandoned railroad bed kind of stuff it's just like a mile and a quarter track that goes like through these cinder paths onto some little single track fisherman trails super Uh really fun twisty turny a little single track um and you know there's it's a six pack to enter so you bring a six pack of beer or whatever yeah
0: (laughs) excellent i like that entry fee it's so
1: fun they put up a tent So I rode, I took my single speed mountain bike because I knew it'd be kind of sloppy. And I I, single speed worlds or nationals or whatever it is, is here on the East Coast in a couple of weeks. And I'm doing that. So I got to get on my single speed. I'll do this stuff. I rode over. So it was like, I don't know, 10 miles over to the thing. It was nice and warmed up. And it was sunny. And then the skies, it. It just sheets of rain, sheets of rain. We were all, and it was, it was super fun. It made the, it made the event. I got second overall, um, which I was super psyched. Nice about. Um,
0: overall, yeah. Behind the first, not, dude, not gender based. No, we like that.
1: No, no, no. It's, it's all just one big field. Like we all just jump in. It's, a, it's a six pack race. Um, Excellent. Yeah, but it's super fun. So, we, and none of us could see a thing. Like the mud in your eyes and your face, and like the <laughs> rain. Um, but it was, it was, it was fabulous fun. And I thought of you, cause I know you do your, your dirt crit was probably different. You weren't in an atmospheric river, but I did a dirt crit last night no. as well. And how, <laughs> and it has not been super hot. I know you guys have been broiling out there.
0: You know, mostly this summer here. Look, if I start complaining, someone is going to come out here, knock on my door and axe murder me. Okay. For the last three months. Sonoma County has had nothing to complain about. Okay. (laughs) I'm just going to get that out on record and and state that I understand, you know, that after all we've been through, we don't currently have anything to complain about. Fair. Um, It was, it was dusty out on the trails. um, But my group kind of split up enough so that I wasn't really eating much dust after the first lap. Uh, My... My birthday boy, uh, Philip, also known as Mini Shred, uh, he turned nine yesterday and he did uh, the kids race, uh, followed him around. He got really excited about mountain biking again. Oh, that was the biggest pay of all. It's like I got a present on his birthday. That's great. Um, But yeah, it was hot yesterday. I'm not complaining. You know, it's like. We haven't had many many days that hot this year, so it's like I, I think I can take this. <laughs> what bike are you doing that on? What uh so I've been working on a review of a uh Canyon Lux CF. I'm super uh, so interested
1: it's... in those bikes. Do are you liking it? <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. There are there are some issues with that bike. Uh not big ones, but you know, the front center is a little shorter than I would like. Um they were pretty adamant that i was a medium and not a large and having now been on the medium i think that i would have been better off on the large it's got a 90 millimeter stem on it which is like wait what is this 1996 yeah um uh so it's kind of a longish stem it's uh i've gotten accustomed to the handling but you know it's a it's a four inch travel bike front and rear. It's really pretty light. I weighed it once and I forgot what it said, so I have to reweigh it. I don't think I photographed the scale, which is what I usually yeah. do to take notes. Um, but yeah, four inch bike front and rear, and it's got a suspension lockout, so that you end up with, I don't know whatever it is, twenty millimeters of travel once it's locked out. Oh, that's cool. Because you know th- yeah. they don't want to make it completely rigid, so you don't blow out seals. So right? is it a
1: one? Was it a one button lockout for the front and rear?
0: Yeah. That's, I love yeah. that. It's, it's really simple. The, yeah, the Rock shocks unit. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's just a really nice bike. And, uh, there's a Frenchman, a winemaker here who he and I have been just pretty much head to head the whole season, uh, in the C race. And he comes from the uh, Formula One school of <laughs> racing, which is if you're in front, you don't move out of the way for anybody right. under any circumstance. And then maybe
1: you go back and forth a little bit to keep people from going around you. Yeah. Abs- Elbows absolutely. out. Uh,
0: he, it's your he job to knows get around how to, to shut doors. Yeah. yeah yes. Yeah. Exactly. That's interesting. And so I stopped riding a gravel bike because I wasn't willing to go off in the really rough stuff on a gravel bike. Right. But on a mountain bike, hell, I'll ride through anything. That's,
1: yep. It's so interesting. That's why you, you pick your bike, right? And there's advantages and disadvantages yep. to, to either of those yep. things. Yeah.
0: And yesterday I got by two people in a single pass. That's awesome. I was it was one of those things where like it was over and I was at the end of the race before I stopped back and thought, wait, wait a second. I got by two people in a single I was rad. That's great. <laughs> um yeah, so it was it was a good time. Cool. all righty all right well so cool. it sounds like we've both been getting our miles in
1: yeah yeah yeah
0: and, and I think you mentioned something about uh talking about how much people ride uh, yeah that might this week that might be my poll this week so
1: I tell us about well, it. well I have to ask do you do you have a certain number of hours that you you try to ride a week Do you, do you think of your riding in that way Oh
0: yeah.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Duh. Yeah. uh, Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I mean, most people do, right? Like they have a magic number, you know, that is a hallmark of a good week, whether they're training or general wellness. And, you know, I kind of asked that because I, I posted a story on bicycling.com yesterday regarding what I found to be a really interesting study that found that older adults who were doing the equivalent of 10 hours of cycling a week, were twice as likely to avoid age-related diseases that we all worry about, the heart disease, diabetes, stroke, cancer, angina, uh, and to be um, in optimum physical and cognitive shape compared to their peers who got less exercise. You know, I came across mm-hmm. my feet. I was like, this is interesting. So then I dug a little further, and specifically, this group, um, it was Australian researchers, they surveyed more than 1,500 healthy adults who were over the age of 49 and then followed them for 10 years. And then after a decade, they you know, analyzed their health and their exercise habits, and they found that those who performed at least 5,000 MET minutes of exercise each week, and I'll get back to that MET thing in a second, were far uh-huh. more likely to be disease-free and in optimal, again, mental and physical shape than those who were doing less than 1,000 MET minutes of exercise. So I know that's a little jargony, so I'm going to break it down a little bit. A MET, are you familiar with METs? Nope. Okay. Most people, nope. most people aren't. And I only know this because from training and stuff, I'm very familiar with METs. Um, a uh-huh. MET is short for metabolic equivalent, which is a, a complicated way of saying it's a measure of how much oxygen you use during any given activity. And the baseline okay. is always sitting around watching television, you know, which is like a sedentary, as sedentary. Guess <laughs> not even reading, you know. Reading is more active than watching television. They have found sitting. <laughs> it's it's true. They when they put people in right. ch- in chambers, because you I guess you turn pages and you actually think, but when you are watching TV, is the most sedentary thing that you can do outside. It might even be worse than sleeping, as far as sedentary. Like, yeah, wow, s- super interesting. Anyway, so. Um, you know, racing the, a stage of the tour for comparison would be like a 16 Met activity, right? It uses, and they, and there's a compendium online where you can find the metabolic equivalents of every activity from chopping wood to whatever like known to man, and there's a bunch of categories for cycling. So huh. yeah, it's really interesting. So I went on to the compendium when I read this, and I was like all right, so what does that mean? Like how much riding would I have to do, you know, to meet that 5,000 minimum that they found? Yeah. And uh, moderate cycling, which, it, which they define in these studies as about 12 to 13.9 miles per hour, is mm-hmm. an eight met per minute activity, which is eight times the oxygen you use just sitting around. So to hit that okay. 5,000 met weekly threshold, you'd need to ride 625 minutes or 10 and a half hours a week. You know, which okay. I was like, all right. You know, of course you can hit that 5,000 mark by going harder. Because, you know, as I mentioned, the harder you're mm-hmm. you're going, you know, the more met, the higher your met minute is. But 10 hours of, you know, just moderate cycling is what you would need to, to reach all these, you know, these magical thresholds that they found in the study. And I found that this was interesting on a couple of levels. Um, you know, the first is because as a writer and a trainer, I've been parroting the World Health Organization's exercise recommendations for the better part of a decade, if not longer. And those are based yeah. off of, which to my kind of shame, I never even knew, they're based on a 600 minute week, 600. So that's 150 minutes of moderate, like brisk walking, or 75 minutes of you know, moderate to vigorous activity, which means that one hour and 15 minute ride would pretty much get you there. Like that would be, that would be your A-OK, like thumbs up for you. And it occurred to me, it's like, no wonder we're not doing better.
0: Do you, do you know what I mean? Like, no wonder. Yeah. yeah. No wonder we're fat. Yeah. Our, like, our, yeah. Our, our baseline for, for minimal activity is 20 to 30 minutes a day it's so
1: low for a species that was meant to hunt and gather and move and even before like the internet i mean we would walk to the bank in the grocery store right like who even goes into a bank anymore so that's like it's and 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 we know now that inactivity physiology is it's killing us sitting so much and being so sedentary so when i saw these exercise recommendations were based off of 600 mets i was like wow. Um, and it, in the study, the researchers even said, yeah, this is what we're, what we're showing is it's significantly higher than that. If you're talking about beating all these diseases without a slew of drugs that everybody takes, or, mm-hmm. you know, are just, or just falling into decline, which is, which is the path that so many people, and I'm sympathetic to it. We all have jobs, we have kids, we have stuff, I get it. But, you know, it just yeah. shows, I think a little bit of like, uh, the prioritization of, of, of movement, you know, that it is really important to appreciate that your body is meant to be in movement and to try to, you know, it gives it, it gives, I think an aspirational, but not an impossible benchmark. And, Mm -hmm. and further than that, like as I, you know, after I published this study online uh, or this piece on this study, I should say, I was amazed at how many people replied to me that 10 hours is their benchmark for a good week on the bike. like, so many cycling people just came out of the woodmark they're like that's my that's my goal that's my threshold that's when i when i know i'm fit and feeling good it's 10 hour weeks i mean it, so many people said that i was like huh and then I thought about myself and I'm like, I'm kind of the same way. And I was never really sure if it was just that I like to see the double digits because I like to see the double digits, you know, <laughs> but, but, but it is like there's something about that 10 hour mark that when things are going well in my life and I'm feeling good and I'm clear, you know, that that's the territory that I'm hovering in. You know, obviously when I'm training for something like hands, I'm going farther into that. Sure, but, um, sure. but that seems to be the watermark for me of, things are things are good and and i feel like you know it's it's kept me i've been able to and it's you know it's a lot of work i mean I it, you have to carve out that time but you can do it on the weekends you can do whatever but it's it's just super interesting and, and so i was wondering like what your personal time benchmarks if if anything about this surprised or intrigued you because you know i'm a little bit of a geek with this stuff but i found it really interesting
0: um so I'm going to begin with an admission, and that is that the hairs on the back of my neck are standing on end. Ooh. Uh, it's just, it's so eerie to hear you break it down. I mean, I read the piece you wrote yesterday, you know, it came up in my feed and I was like, oh, what's this? And I open it and it's like, well, of course it's Celine. <laughs> um, <laughs> all that aside, um, you know, yeah, 10 is, it's... It, it's a number I've been working from for a fair number of years at this pro- point, probably four, probably five years, okay? Probably ever since the Deuce was born. Uh, you know, they say the, the first child changes the life of the mother and the second child changes the life of the father. Um, and as truisms go, oh, hell yes. My riding life had to change once our second was born. And so, you know, those those. Sp- periods in the spring where i would be trying to get 15 or 18 hours in a week that's
1: that's a, a lot vanished. yeah it's that's, a, that's that's a very vanished. high number
0: yeah uh and so i i climb like i used to climb when i was in graduate school which is to say not very well um but you know after uh a period of this spring and last fall really struggling having so much work on my plate that I was struggling to give myself permission to go out and go for a ride. There were any number of weeks through the fall and winter and beginning into the spring where my activity level was six, seven, maybe eight hours in a week. Mm -hmm. And I was losing my stuffing. Yeah. Uh, it was, it was not going well for me. Um, and I've revealed before, you know, last year I dealt with some some depression, and not riding enough was not helping me emerge from that.
1: It, it, it could have been contributing to that, frankly, I, based I, on what yeah. we're seeing here, for sure. Yeah,
0: I and I think that's I think that's true. Um, it, it became a, a kind of vicious cycle of I'm depressed, I'm not going for a right, ride, right. I feel overwhelmed. You know, I got to do this stuff. I can't give myself permission to ride. And I think and riding, sort of no riding.
1: If, I, I mean, okay, yeah, yeah. But, but in looking at the study and in listening you talk, I think riding is a little special because you have to go through a bunch of humps to get out to do it, right? You have to put on mm-hmm. your special clothes. Like there's a lot if you're actually going to go and do this ride that it's yeah. running is a little more forgiving. Going for a walk is easier. You can step out the door, but we have like, mm-hmm. we have to pump our tires and loop our chain. And if you are depressed, or you're having some trouble, like motivating yourself, those that just creates a higher barrier to do it in my mind. It just makes it harder.
0: Yeah. Yeah. If you're easily overwhelmed. Oh, look, there's all this stuff to overwhelm you. Oh, fancy that. Yeah. But anyway, back to the larger point, you know, yeah. 10 hours. Once I said, you know, you really got to take care of yourself. You got to get out there more. The thing that I zeroed in on, was that ten hours was the amount where I yeah I started to feel like myself again I started mm-hmm. to feel whole I started to feel healthier uh, I was happier I was easier to live with, um, and you know just all these things flowed down from that you know from a from a training sense the number I'd like to see in terms of convincing myself that I'm going to get faster that number is twelve mm-hmm. but. Yeah. But 10 hours, it, you know, it's, it's a good solid number. And it was just so weird to me that I've actually had a conversation with somebody where it's like, you know, as long as I'm getting 10 hour weeks, I'm, I, you know, I know to shut up and be happy. I I can, I, you know, that's enough to satisfy me. Um, I can be, you know, uh, not just satisfied, but, you know, fulfilled with, with 10 hours. There's. There's something in that that reaches a certain psychological threshold for me. And I don't know how to, I just, I just know it's there. That's I don't awesome. know why, you know, but it, it is something that has fallen into place for me. And so to hear that this is fitting for other people, a many, it's like, wow, I'm, I'm, I'm just one of the species. <laughs> yeah. It's super, it was super interesting to me too. Like,
1: and it's funny, you know, it's because this is like, I wake up and I I have a a feed of all these studies that comes in. And if I don't feel like moving right away, sometimes I'll just like get my phone and start going through this feed. And I saw that yesterday morning. And it was a really weird light bulb that went off as soon as I saw that met number. I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, I bet that's 10 hours just based off of my whole history of this. And And it was, and like, I don't even know what the magic of that number was, but like, as soon as it went Mm -hmm. out there, so many people came back and it's so interesting to hear you talk about like, so like Bill Strickland, you know, he's like 10 hours has always been my number. Like when I, when I'm there, that's how I'm just in a better place. So it's just so interesting. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, you know, and I did find it really interesting that, you know, you can tweak that by upping your intensity. Mm -hmm that sort of thing. Um, I've been having some conversations with a friend lately about, you know, zone two and just aerobic training and how important that is. And, you know, I, uh, I, you know, uh, yeah, I, I want, I want some intensity in those 10 hours, but I'm certainly not looking for, you know, 10 hours in zone five. I, I start breaking down really quickly. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Of course. Uh, Yeah. You would. I mean, that's no one, no trainer would tell you to do that.
0: Right. Right. But you know, if I, if I, if I can't have any intensity, then please give me 10 hours of easy.
1: Right. Yeah. It's funny how it is a sliding scale for sure. It is. Um, and it's, and speaking like I haven't, I haven't gone as hard as I went last night because I haven't really done any racing, racing since Michigan. You know, I, t- I usually just go into mm-hmm. a little easy lull in the summer and then ramp back up. And it felt so good to go so hard. Like I was so happy afterwards. <laughs> so there's some, there's a magic that happens with that too. But like the magic is, is limited doses. You know, it, it, there's a tipping point for sure when you have that kind of intensity. Yep. Yeah, That can take yep. you the other yep. way if you're not, if you're not careful. Yeah, yeah.
0: But, you know, there you're touching on, you know, some really interesting neuroscience that, you know, I've spent a lot of time writing about right. because you probably entered a flow state during the Oh, for uh, sure. During the race. I felt it. So, yeah, endorphins, norepinephrine, you know, if if there was a moment where like time slowed down for you uh, and you thought, oh, yeah, this line is so easy. To, I've got all this time to get through this. That's the norepinephrine. It's such you a know? wonderful thing. It kicked the, in about the,
1: halfway through the race. I like all of a sudden yeah. and the guy that I passed towards the end, he's like, I could see you change. He's like he went from, Oh, we're riding around in the rain, isn't this fun? to I'm on like just like you could <laughs> <laughs> and I and I felt it. Like I absolutely felt this the gear just switch. And I was like, Oh, yeah. I haven't done felt this way in so long. This is what I love about this. This is what like it's what, what I why I race. It's just such an amazing uh-huh. feeling.
0: I I had a really interesting conversation with uh, a friend of mine, Stephen Kotler. He wrote the book, uh, The Rise of Superman, which was nominated for a Pulitzer Prize. It's all about flow. Uh, Before that, he had a book about flow and surfing and belief systems called West of Jesus. And we were talking about flow one time on the phone and the the thing that I theorized was that the more often you reach flow, the more frequently you do it the the less intense it tends to be, hmm. uh, and that if you actually haven't had it in a few weeks that when you get there, you're gonna blow it wide open, and it's gonna be really intense yeah, that's interesting uh, and, and your your experience last night seems to uh seems to reinforce that idea yeah, yeah, it was it was
1: great, yeah, it was great.
0: Cool. Cool. What? I'm glad to hear it. Yeah. Well, what do you have for us this week? I can can go back and take a breather here. (laughs) (laughs) Well, so I've had something come up a a few times recently. Let me just begin with a, a question. Okay. What does it mean to go for a ride with someone? Specifically, what do you mean when you ask someone to go for a ride with you?
1: That is that is a, such an interesting question, right? Because um, it depends who I'm asking to go for a ride and what our general intentions of said ride are. So there are people that I go for a ride, and we know it's going to be some semblance of a training thing. Not that we're going to drop mm-hmm. each other, but you know, we we establish beforehand like, "Hey, eh, you want to push some hills today?" You know, like there's a little bit of a groundwork set, and that's what we go out and we do it, or we're going to go steady okay. the whole time. You know, like, but but uh-huh. but these are like. There's just people that I train, quote-unquote train with. So it's more of a training ride often. And when we're not mm-hmm. doing that, we establish it. Like, not going hard today, right? No. Great. But if I am if I ask anyone else than, like, a handful of people to go for a ride, I just want to go for a ride and chit-chat with them. We're going to go, and we're going to be in the sun. We're going to be – and then we're just going to, like, just enjoy ourselves on bicycles is, you know, is yes. what I'm – Yeah. Yes. Yes.
0: Yes. And yes. Yeah. So that, I mean, you've just nailed the thing. So often I'll express a desire to go for a ride with someone, you know, a friend or a relatively new acquaintance. I mean, I've only been in Sonoma County three years. I am still meeting people. Um, You know, I am still the FNG here. Um, So, but you know, I'll ask somebody to go for a ride and then I get this answer of, oh, you're going to kill me. And I end up having to go to some real pains to explain that, When I ask someone to go for a ride with me, what I want is the ride to be with them, not against them, you know, right now mountain biking around here involves a whole lot of up and down here. So I accept that there will be some breathlessness at times, or maybe too much wind in my ears to actually hear what they last said, but you know, we'll stop or we'll get on a fire road and chat. But what I don't do is show up prepped for a race. Uh, unless, you know, it's a buddy of mine, it's like, hey, let's go kill this, you know? Um, With a road ride, at least for me, it's even more stark. You know, if I ask someone to go for a ride, in my mind, I'm thinking, pretty easy, so we can talk. That's what I want, conversation. And the conversations you have on the bike, they're different than the ones that you would have sitting in a a bar or a coffee shop. You know, I know... Uh, And this has happened, you know, the last time you and I rode together. I know that I'll reveal stuff that I probably wouldn't talk about otherwise if we were just sitting at a bar. 100%. Uh, I don't know how that works. I don't know why it works that way. I just know it's true. Um, But, you know, if I need to go hard, I know how to get that ride, you know. It's the frustration for me is trying to figure out, well, what do we do in terms of communication? You know, with you and a training partner, somebody you've established a lot of clear communication with, it, you know, you know what it is you need to convey on the front end. We're going easy today. Or uh, let's go hit, get, hit these hills over here. I need some intervals. Um, but I, I'm wondering, what is it we don't have going on culturally so that when we ask someone to go for a ride with us, there's a, uh, uh, an easier acceptance of that idea that going for a ride is more about the company than it is the high heart rate. I, I, you know, it's just like, how you know, and I mean, I was never much of a writer, but for whatever reason, um, people see me as like this, uh, I don't know, like an ex pro. And I, you know, I've never made it out of the threes. Uh, but, you know, people look at me and they're like, oh, you know, you, you work in the bike industry. Right. Oh, you're going to kill me. And it's like, no, I don't want to do that. I, A, I, I'm not actually capable the way I once was. Uh, and certainly now, you know, not only am I not capable, I really don't want that.
1: Yeah. I mean, so it's, it's complicated though, right? So people, I mm-hmm. think. You know, they see that you pin on numbers, you're in the industry, whatever. I mean, whatever their their view is, it's a reflection of, you know, their worry. It's an insecurity. It just causes an insecurity in them that they are not, they're going to hold you up. I mean, it's all these things that you worry about whenever you ride with somebody that you think is faster than you, right? That they're not going to enjoy themselves because they are going to have to slow down to meet your pace. And that is a, that is something that, I think everybody on almost every level, uh, you know, to a certain point worries about. Um, and I, you know, it's, it's hard to break down that barrier for sure. And I think also that, and I know you and I have spoken about this before, so many people, and I, I have friends that do it to people, um, you know, invite people on rides who you know are going to be pretty slow. Like, they're, they're <laughs> unconditioned. They have not been on a bike for a long, whatever. the are new, many circumstances. And then they go out and they drop them, like a safe, on the first climb. You know? And that, yep. and they wait yep. up, but that's not really the point, because nobody wants to be that person who is who everybody is waiting for. That's not fun on any level, right? So I think if yep. you experience that a couple times, you're super gun-shy about going for a ride with somebody. You're just going to be like... No, like it's not fun for me that to be dropped. And if they have any expectation of that happening, they're just. It's. I think that that. I think that happens all too often in our sport. It's intent. Whatever reason, I try to give people the benefit of the doubt. And I know that like once you get a bunch of riders together, everybody gets excited, and it turns sometimes into a race, whether it was meant to be or not. But if you're that person who is who is not on the same level as the person who is asking you to go for a ride, then. I, I think it just automatically in your head is just like, well, no, or, you know, or this is not going to be fun for me. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. You know, so and yeah. then what do you say? Do you say, well, it's just a recovery day because that's insulting. You know, I hate to, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I, yes. I don't want to do that yep. either. It's just so I think I'll go
0: easy on you. Oh,
1: thanks. Right. I mean, there's there's not a really awesome answer there, but I think like it shouldn't happen repeatedly with the same person. Maybe,
0: right? I, yeah, yeah. Um, that might be a really important distinction that I haven't. Yeah, I haven't considered just because there are so many people who I'm still doing my first ride right, with. Right. Here. Right. Right. You know, so, yeah yeah it's, uh, it's
1: interesting it's it's always a weird dynamic i think um i think it's a little easier in our sport because cycling you can adjust your pace a little easier than like running i have a harder time sort of someone's faster oh, yeah. than you running they're just fat like you can't even it's just it's harder i think yeah. to modulate that but
0: yeah running is like skate skiing where just to be moving in in that mode of travel you've got to go pretty hard yeah
1: yeah. Yes. I would you agree know? with that.
0: Yeah. Uh, you know, diagonal, you can, you can kind of treat that like walking, you know, you can, you yeah. can put around doing diagonal skating. There's no putting around in skating. Yeah. So I'd say just keep and, trying,
1: you know, just, uh, I know it's, it's a, yeah. it's a weird dynamic, but I mean, you've, we've all been there where, so, you know, you're on a ride and people are just, they say they're going to do one thing and they, they, they don't.
0: Yeah. Yeah. One of the things I, I, I keep offering to people, and I don't know if this is helpful or not, uh, but I figure sticking with honest is, uh, is a good start. <laughs> um, I, you know, I, I, I'm inclined to tell people, you know, look, I don't, I don't have anything to prove. You know, it's not that I don't have anything to prove to you. It's I don't have anything to prove at all. You know, whatever coolness I was ever going to have, I'm a good 15 years out from that, probably closer to 20, you know, my fastest days are way behind me. And so I, you know, I'm, I'm not here to try to kill anybody, you know, and, and when I do need to go hard, I've got the dirt crits, at least for a few more weeks.
1: (laughs) There's an outlet for that.
0: Yeah. So it's just, it's one of those things where I get so much enjoyment out of just going for an easy ride with somebody and just chatting with them. And there's still such a process of discovery for me in terms of the way those conversations are different than what we talk about when we're standing around in a bar or wherever, well, somebody's backyard.
1: I, I have a couple a couple thoughts. I mean, you said that, I didn't want to interrupt you, but it's funny. My brother... Oh, please. Yeah, my brother... Um, is a, is a genius and this I'm, this is not bragging, it's just setting it up. He's actually um, would be on the spectrum if they had put people on the spectrum back then. He's an FBI scientist. I mean, he's beyond brilliant. But he, uh, the, the times that we have the most open and honest conversations are when we're running together because there's something about mm. the repetitive motion and this sort of digs into what you were saying, Flo, that opens up those channels and it, mm-hmm. you know, it just relaxes him enough to open up. And it's just, I mean, there's just like real conversation. You know, not that we don't talk in general, but like there's the stuff that has come through our runs is really interesting. You know, and it's different. Mm-hmm. It's different than, and yeah. we talk a lot. We're very close. Then, then the the pretty open conversations that we have normally, like it, the 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 act of running and being in motion takes it to another place. Absolutely, there's no yeah. question about that um yeah yeah and and to your point you just like sort of triggered a really neat memory for me i I was riding i told you last week that i was taking my big coil suspension bike out with a friend of mine um yeah it was taken off on friday it was super fun we had such a good time but both he and i used to be very you know i mean we both still race some but we're both way pulled back like we don't train with the same intensity and the same like always on it kind of thing, you know, following the schedule as we used to. And we were riding, and we saw a waterfall. And we're like, oh, my God, the waterfall. And we went down. And, like, he climbed into the waterfall, and he put his bike, like, somehow managed to wedge it between some rocks. So it was like the waterfall was back. And we put my bike on a tree, and we had all these pictures. And we, he's like, you know, we never would have done this when we were both tra- training and racing. He's like, this is such – Yes. And we – it's been such a joy, Patrick, because I am rediscovering that kind of riding. Like I'm mm-hmm, right. and I'm mm-hmm. like I would before I'd just be agitated. And that's how what a what a jackass am I, yeah. right? Like somebody wants to stop and take a picture at a waterfall and I'm like, huh, huh, gotta keep going, gotta keep going. You know, that I would have been like that. I would have been like, Oh, uh, yeah, the waterfall's pretty, but I don't know. And now I'm just yeah. like all about it. Who cares? And it's just like, wow, this is joyful. You know, having such a, yeah, it's nice. I mean, and I don't regret that other person I was either because it got me another place. But man, I like yep. this person better right now. Like it's just such a, it's, it's, we're having a better time right now. Yeah. On, yeah. on all of our I, rides. I
0: loved, yeah, I loved my racing years. I really enjoyed that. It fed a piece of me that needed feeding, yep. and I'm I'm in a different place now. And I, uh, you know, it's different. Uh, Long term, I think it is a better, healthier place to be. Um, but you know, it's just it's the it's the thing that fits for me. <laughs> just last week, I was out for a ride with friends, and we were riding by this vineyard, and somebody had dumped a couple of couches, a a, a sofa, and a love seat. Uh, they just dumped them on the side of the road in front of this vineyard and we're riding by and it was funny because they had arranged them as if they were looking out on the vineyard. Oh, nice. Uh, So it's like somebody had a a sense of humor. We ride by and my friend Christine looks back. She's like, wait, wait, we got to go back. I'm like, "Uh, okay. She's like, we need to take a picture there. And so we started to just they and they were red velvet, so immediately it evoked the chase Oh, the chase absolutely. Yeah. from from Salsa. Uh it wasn't a cool chase lounge like that. Uh, they were missing cushions. It's you know, blah blah blah. That's all right. <laughs> but we 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 grabbed the couch and started to turn it around so that the vineyard would be behind us, and then I was like, No, we need to put this in the middle of the road the way they do chase the chase. Nice. <laughs> so I'll I'll run that photo with the post. That's cool. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, it is and, uh, yeah. That's cool. <laughs> it was it was really a, a fun little moment within a, a ride that, you know, yeah, it was just friends out chatting. So uh it's nice to get confirmation on that. Okay. What do you say? Paceline picks? Sure, I got it. Um, My pick
1: this week is very simple. It's it's a relatively new bar. I'm always, it's called Joe J Bars. I'm always looking for the most, like, natural things that I can eat on the bike, and I do a lot because I do all this long stuff. I I eat a lot on the bike. Um, And honestly, Mm -hmm. I often just pack stuffed dates or, you know, even sandwiches that I make or any kind of thing, but... There's sometimes that you can't beat the convenience of a bar, which is why people made bars to begin with, right? They're, they're, oh, they're, hell they're, yes. yeah, they're portable, they, they deliver what you need, etc. cetera. Um, but I, I'm really kind of fussy about bars. Like, I find some of them just don't sit real well or they, they taste a little funny. Um, these are really great. They're natural, uh, very simple ingredients, you know, just oats and organic brown sugar kind of thing. Um, mm. And they have really interesting flavors like pancakes and bacon and yeah which is awesome i mean it's not just all sweet 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 you know they have salted chia and, um and they have a really delicious peanut butter protein bar too for sort of afterwards so i like them because mm. they are they're they're actually pretty high in calories and and nutrient dense so when you're doing I don't think they're quite 300 calories, but they're quite a bit for the bar they are. But when you're doing stuff like a coast-to-coast Michigan or a Dirty Cans or you're going to be out there for a long time and you need true sustenance, you know, that, but doesn't uh-huh. take up a lot of space, they are perfect. And they were uh, developed by two professional cyclists. Uh, I'm going to butcher the names because I've never actually had to say them. It's John Abade, maybe, and Jess Carey. I'm sorry, guys. You can just you call me out later but anyway they took the first part of their both of their first names john and jess i can say that and they're joe j okay um and so you know they they really get with like what people want when they're being active and like what digests and what doesn't and the flavor palettes and mm-hmm. so yeah that's my pick they're 35 bucks for a box of 12 and if you're just hunting for something a little different that tastes like it might have come out of your kitchen i that's mm-hmm. i think that's a good
0: it's a good thing to try so it at almost three bucks a bar, mm-hmm. would you say this is three times as good as a Cliff bar?
1: Maybe twice as good as a Cliff bar.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but some <laughs> of the Cl-
1: some of the Cliff bars, and I, I, I don't want to diss on Cliff because I actually do like the company quite a bit. I have a mm-hmm. hard time with the regular bars. They sit a little heavy. Yeah. They sit kind of heavy. I do like their smoothie bars that they just came out with. I find them quite palatable and they're moisture, so they they're better. Yeah. Um, that higher
0: moisture. Content, yeah. Way yeah.
1: better. Way better. Way better. Uh, these I, you're paying. You know, you're paying. It's a small company with that sourcing organic ingredients. You're just gonna pay a little bit. I don't take them on every ride by any stretch, but if I'm doing something major like a Kansas or that kind of thing, uh-huh. it's it's just a bit little. I'm worth it's worth paying a little bit more in my mind because my stomach doesn't get upset and that's actually worth a buck
0: more for sure. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Yeah. Sure. I mean, on, on an important day like that, you do want to make the investment in yourself for sure. Yeah. So my pick doesn't go that far from where yours is. Uh, this week, my pick is diversity. Okay. Not racial diversity, not gender diversity, but flavor diversity. Mm,
1: very important. <laughs> I but.
0: had, yeah, I had this crazy but truly formative, I, I can now say, some 40-odd years later, I had this crazy but formative experience as a kid. My mom was a, a coupon cutter par excellence. Uh, she, I, I remember one time she turned in a coupon combined with another coupon, and essentially they paid her 35 uh, cents to take away the can of beans. It's like my That's dad, yeah. Yeah. So... Once she had this great combination of coupons and she got these two just ginormous jars of grape jelly. In my memory, it took us six months to go through them all. It probably wasn't that long, but for, you know, eight-year-old Patrick, it was entirely too long. By the time we were finished with them, I was so done with grape jelly that even now, 2018, I don't buy grape jelly. (laughs) Oh, I, she didn't completely ruin it for me, but I just, I don't see it as an option when I, when I go to the store, I just don't buy it. Uh, what it taught me is that I like having selections to choose from at home. Absolutely. So where is this taking us? Sports drinks. Traditionally, there's not been a lot of choice. There's a whole lot of orange and there's a whole lot of lemon lime out there and some fruit punch. Uh, man, I am so done with orange. I just can't drink it at all anymore, which is why I've been excited about some of the choices that emerged recently. Last fall, Scratch Labs introduced two new flavors, strawberry and passion fruit. Of late, I've been drinking the passion fruit and really loving it for just how different it is. Hmm. You know, it's bright and flavorful and has that great, you know, just fruity brightness to it. Uh, The strawberry is also just dynamite. You know, also for something different, there's Osmo's Blackberry flavor or uh, Goose, man, I can't speak, Goose Blueberry Pomegranate flavor. Just please, as much as I love lime, just no more lemon lime. <laughs> I've got at least seven different flavors. I was just counting this one. That's awesome. I've got at least seven different flavors of drinks at my disposal right now in the pantry. So... You know, fundamentally, this is not a recommendation for any one product over or even any one brand, but just a vote for being kind to your mouth and your stomach and giving it some variety.
1: I'm a huge fan, huge fan of that. And I think, I mean, and anyone who has done those really long things, whether it's like a Leadville or something, anything in that range, like flavor fatigue is a thing. Like palate yeah. fatigue is a real thing. And you're just going to throw that lemon lime bottle. You'd rather dehydrate and just die in the desert and the prairie than just drink another sip of that same. It's it's true. I and I I struggle, Patrick, because I don't love fruit flavors. So, yeah. Um, right. What? Right. So it, it's so limiting. I mean, you're I mean, the, the the drink market is just what else is there? So, I, I mean, it. it's it's. It's positively lined up against you I hate fruit punch. So that's always out. Lemon lime I will okay. I will kinda tolerate. But I do like you like um the some of the weirder flavors, like the pineapple, like some of those <laughs> I I like quite a bit. Like they're 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 just a little different from the uh, tea. If I can find tea things that aren't super sweet, but it the struggle is real because everything is so fruity sweet in the in the drink department. Yeah. It's uh yeah. I hear you, but variety. I tell people that all the time. Like, you might think you love that thing, but in five hours, you're going to hate it. So give yourself, <laughs> right? Give yourself another option. You you're, you're going to be so glad you did. It's like a new day. Yeah. Look, a new flavor. It's just, I'm not still on the same bike ride that I started at six in the morning like yesterday. Um, yeah.
0: yeah, you know those little uh, those little sachets mm-hmm. of mix that you can get from from scratch. If I'm going out for a really long ride, long enough that I know I need one of those for when I refill a bottle, whatever I fill my two bottles with at the outset, I'll make sure to carry a different flavor. I do the
1: same thing uh, for the refill. Yep. Or new, our the noon tabs, the slate. Like I'll sometimes I'll mix. I'll make. I'll I'll dump some out and I'll mix them. Make a mixed batch tube for myself. So it's kind of like a mystery flavor, oh. but I know I like them all. That's all that matters, right?
0: Right. You've already, you've already previewed that. Yes. But
1: now I, I like that. Like now, who knows? It might be grape. It might be, you know, like sweet tea. It's it's, it's, the things that excite you when you're on your bike all day. But yeah. Uh,
0: Yeah. I like your picks. We are. Yep. (laughs) Anyway. Excellent. Thanks. All right. Well, I think that's a wrap for this episode of the PaceLine. What are you up to this weekend?
1: What am I up to? I wasn't going to be up to anything. And then my husband just found this really fun looking gravel event that is like an hour or so away from us. So that's what we're doing this weekend. Um, It's... It sounds like right up my alley, it's like a gravel, but also goes into the woods for a little bit of single track and creek, creek crossings and that kind of, I love mm-hmm. those kind of rides. So a friend of mine just saw on Facebook that we're doing it and he just texted me, he's like, I'm going to ride to and from the ride if you want to come and ride to the front. So now it's a whole day. So now it went from a 40 mile gravel event, it went from nothing to a 40 mile gravel event to a 90 mile outing that... But that's awesome, right? Like that's how that's how this sh- that that's how this stuff should shake out. So and then we're gonna get back from that and we're going to a uh, slightly stupid, which is kind of a reggae ish band on the waterfront in Philly uh, yep. Saturday night. So oh, good grief! It's be a premium what a what a Saturday. great day! Yeah. How about yourself? How did you
0: get that nickname, the Fit Check?
1: I I don't don't know. I have no idea. (laughs) (laughs) Um,
0: Well, the big thing for me is that uh, after Mini Shred not being interested in his bike for a good two months and really scaring me, I took him to the Dirt Crits yesterday and he had a fantastic time. And as we were headed home, he was talking to me about his imagination for having kind of a mountain bike roller coaster. And I said, well, you know, they have those. They're called flow trails. Ah. Uh, and he was like, yeah. And he asked me a few questions. And I started telling him, I said, you know, there's a place I could take you where you could ride something like that. It's like a pump track, but it's off in the woods. Would you like that? And he's like, yeah. So we're going to a bike park this weekend and we are going to have some fun. That's awesome. That is great. Yeah, I, I, it's it's the most excited I have been for riding with him. I don't know, just about since one of the first rides we ever did. I am so excited to have a chance to introduce him to a flow trail. I am gonna blow this nine year old mind. That's and great. I can't. wait. That's very
1: exciting. I hope you have a wonderful
0: time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, I'm sure we'll talk about it some next yeah. week. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so before we go, I'd like to put in a plug for my other new podcast, The Poll. The show features artisans talking about their craft in one-on-one interviews. Like I say, think Terry Gross for the bike set. This week's guest is Nick Legan, the author of the book Gravel Cycling, who just recently completed the Tour Divide. Uh, if you ever want to hear a fresh take on on sleep deprivation, holy cow. And he even got a lot of sleep. Um, finally, please leave us good review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. It makes us easier for other listeners to find until next week. Thanks for listening to the pace line.